Can the Denver Broncos drastically improve their special team side of the ball? We're taking a look at some players, some rookies who are going to have high expectations on them on special teams. Can Elliot Fry be the guy and much more? You're going to get that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. And a special shout out to all the everydayers who listen every single day all year long because that's what you get here locked on Broncos I'm your host as always Cody Rourke Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports joined alongside as always by my co-host Sarah Bettinger if you're watching this podcast on YouTube or if you're listening wherever you get your podcast make sure you subscribe for free so you never miss out on what's going on with the team that you love to root for every single day all year long you get that action here locked on Broncos Sarah continuing on here as the Broncos build up toward NFL training camp if you're an everydayer, yesterday's episode of the show, we talked about three players on the defensive side of the ball we want to see break out during training camp. Monday's episode, we saw a little bit more about that, about the offensive side of the ball, three players we want to see. But now we need to focus on an area, Sarah, I feel like often at times gets so neglected in terms of discussion, right? Everyone's so excited about offense and defense, and rightfully so. There should be excitement there. But special teams has to be an area that the Broncos drastically improve take more serious this year than they have in the last few years because they've been at the bottom of in terms of league production in this department and you can make the argument special teams has cost the broncos several games in the last couple of years and you have to find a way to swing that around so hey you know what special teams is the topic of discussion today but more importantly the broncos rookies that they drafted in this year's nfl draft the players that we feel like need to have the biggest impact on special teams this year let's start things off with Obviously, an Iowa Hawkeye, a guy that you love to talk about, that you've watched play, being a diehard Iowa Hawkeye fan, and that's Riley Moss. Cody, I think Riley Moss stands a chance to be one of the biggest impact players on special teams for the Denver Broncos in 2023. Really, when you look at great punt coverage, great kick coverage, a lot of times a difference-making play in that facet of the game can maybe not determine the outcome, but it can shift momentum, right? That's we're not necessarily saying, oh, one one tackle on special teams is going to change the outcome of a game. But in reality, it kind of can, right? It can start a domino effect of, hey, you make a tackle inside the 10, inside the five or something like that. Are you down the ball inside the five? That can be the difference between, you know, the field position game and winning. The, I mean, it all plays together or, you know, pop the ball out on a on a punt return, right? You go out and you make a tackle like that. And you make a big hit on the punt returner. I think Riley Moss is a guy that's going to do those types of things. He's going to be screaming down the field. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to you know to punch the ball. I mean, Iowa's defense was basically their offense over the last handful of years. And we saw Riley Moss really kind of spearhead scoring points on the defensive side of the ball. He'd get his hands on the ball one way or another. Interceptions, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries. And he knows what to do when the ball's on the ground or in the air. He scoop it and score or pick it off, take it to the house. I think he's going to make a big difference on special teams with his speed, athleticism, toughness, instincts. And especially if he's not in the starting lineup, Cody, that's where he's going to be expected to make the biggest impact early on. 
could even be a guy that really emerges as a prolific jammer alongside a Sang Bassey. I mean, we already talked about some of the Broncos' better special teams players that they have, a Sang Bassey being one of them, Justin Sternod, a linebacker, P.J. Locke. You can make the argument the top special teams player for the Broncos led them in special teams tackles last season. Not sure how much we'll see Alex Singleton on special teams this year, but that leads us perfectly. Kind of a segue into our next guy, another Broncos rookie that is expected. Now, while Riley Moss is expected to be a core four player, same thing could be said here for Drew Sanders. Obviously, the Broncos third round draft pick out of Arkansas and a guy who they very, very, very highly when you look at Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton right now being pegged as the starting linebackers here for this team, that means that Drew Sanders is going to have to cut his teeth in the NFL at the first t- part of his career on the special team side of the ball. And, and I can tell you this, when I was watching him rookie minicamp, when he was participating, I mean, he and Riley Moss looked like the best players out there on the field as it, you know, during special teams drills in terms of taking angles, doing exactly what you know Mike Westhoff, Ben Kotwika want them to do. Drew Sanders has a chance to be a really prolific player on the special team side of the ball. And who knows exactly where he's going to line up, but in terms of punt coverage, in terms of maybe kick coverage, you need a guy that can be as athletic as him, as tall as he is, to move as fast as he can to go down there and make plays. Something that the Broncos have desperately needed somebody from a consistency standpoint, not named Alex Singleton. Alex Singleton was that for them. P.J. Locke has been that for them. But they need some other guys to step up because it can't just be your top two special teams guys in Locke and Singleton making plays. Denver needs contribution from more guys, and Drew Sanders can absolutely step into that role and be that. Important to remember as well, Cody, when he started his college career at Alabama, I've mentioned this before, but I think it's worth mentioning again, especially in this context, right? He's playing behind a bunch of other five-star recruits as they you know, typically do at Alabama when they start off their careers there. So what do you do? You go make an impact on special teams, and multiple times in his first couple seasons at Alabama, Drew Sanders was named the Alabama special teams player of the week. So it's not like he just had to go out there and find a way to get on the field any way that he could. He found a way to excel in that area. And this is a guy who's constantly been a model of versatility, came into the the college ranks as, you know, the athlete designation where it's like, where's he going to play in college? Is he going to be an edge guy, a linebacker, a tight end? You know, you at, at the high school level, he's one of those guys you just put the ball in his hands as much as you possibly can, stick him as the punt returner, kick returner, punter, quarterback, whatever. But in the NFL, he's going to have to prove that versatility on special teams to make sure that, okay, what you did at Alabama to become a multiple-time special teams player of the week, you've got to now translate that into the NFL. And like you said, be sound in your assignments and utilize that athleticism and size to your advantage. Well, in terms of explosiveness, Sarah, I mean, Drew Sanders has that, but this next guy we're going to talk about also needs to have that dynamic and has had that, which is why the Broncos drafted him, not only just to help out on offense, but also in the return game. And that is Marvin Mims, who has dealt with a little bit of an injury during minicamp and has been held out of action. My biggest question, I think, with this is we, we see the talent. And look, when I've seen Marvin out there, he's when healthy, he looks explosive. He looks fast. And, you know, it excites me to see what maybe he can do on the offensive side of the ball. But special teams, they need that consistency all across the board here. One of the things I want to ask here is, do we feel like this mini camp injury might hold Marvin Mims back a tiny bit? Are we worried? Are we concerned? Where are you at? I'm not necessarily too concerned about it. But look, there's competition. There's Kendall Hinton. There's Montreal Washington. There's a multitude of guys in camp who will get return options, not to mention Tremont Smith, who is in free agency. Are we worried about this at all? If it lingers into training camp, I mean, that's something that you might be a little worried about, at least if you're really banking on him being your primary return guy in the punt return game. 
And I think that's where somebody like Montreal Washington could really kind of really make his case for the team again. And, and we, we heard them talk about him at OTAs as well. Speaking of Montreal Washington, the fact of they're like, you know, hey, he's a guy who would be out here after hours if possible. He just wants to be out here getting better and learning and growing. And he's an explosive guy as well. He's an instinctive returner. And you never know when guys are going to really emerge in their second season as well, especially for Montreal coming off a down rookie year. So I think for, for Marvin Mims, Cody, it's really one of those situations where uh, I, I don't, I, I'm kind of on the fence either way. They, they viewed him as what did Sean Payton say? The second best potentially return man in this draft class behind tank Dell, who went to the Houston Texans. So they view him as an elite guy. Uh, and they didn't necessarily say he was second best. They said there was two elite guys. So they, Maybe he was their best one. I don't know. But I, I think uh, all told, he's going to have to make an impact one way or another because you're not necessarily going to want to trot Pat Sertan out there to return the punts majority of the time. Maybe you, you maybe you save that as kind of like your your wild card in the game of Uno or something like that as a, as a one-off type of thing. But for Marvin Mims, it's going to have to be consistency, catching the ball, fielding the ball, making good decisions near the 10-yard line in between the 10 and the 20, right? So... He's got to prove to that he can make those good decisions as well as utilize that speed in the return game. Part of me also thinks too. You have to evaluate for Sean Payton. Is Marvin Mims more valuable to us? If I'm if I'm Sean Payton, is he more valuable to us on the offensive side of the ball, or do you want to put him out there as a return option? I think Payton is uh, is cut from the cloth of hey, if this guy can help us not only on offense but also in the return game, we're going to use him there if it gives us an advantage. So I like that level of thinking there from Sean Payton. We'll see a little bit more as the Broncos report. For training camp, but special teams is the theme for today's episode, Locked On Broncos. And one area Denver has to be better in is in the punting department. We're going to take a look at Riley Dixon and ask some questions that we need to have answered for this upcoming season as it pertains to that side of the ball. You'll get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action this summer than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers, they get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to join today. If you like betting on NFL futures, as the NFL season gets a little bit closer, FanDuel has NFL futures for you on their website here today. We're going through the Broncos theme right now and taking a look at the receiving department in the NFL. One of the futures, Jerry Judy right now, has the 21st best odds to lead the league in receiving this year at plus 4,000. So if you think that Jerry's going to go out and have an explosive year, take the NFL by storm this year, hey, that might be a great option to cash in on. In comparison, though, you look at it, the favorite right now in the NFL in terms of receiving yards for this upcoming season is projected to be Justin Jefferson, who has the best odds at plus 650. So make sure you head over to fanduel.com slash locked on to check it all out. Don't miss your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Once again, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Punters are people too, Cody. And I think for all the listeners of Locked On Broncos, time we give Riley Dixon some flowers we talked about him you know when he was originally signed by the Broncos earlier this offseason and the return that you know I, he was drafted by the Broncos a, a former draft pick I, I believe Cody 2016 that year that he came in along with Justin Simmons a fellow draft mate so kind of an interesting uh return this offseason for Riley Dixon to Denver 
I'm fascinated by this move. We heard Sean Payton talk about how tough it was to watch the special teams. And then he goes out and he makes the move to bring in Dixon, who, you know, uh, had a couple punts blocked last year as a member of the L.A. Rams, has had a few punts blocked the last couple of years. I find it very interesting as as Peyton talks about hidden yardage, as he talks about upgrading the special teams and how hard it was to watch last year, that of all the options that he's had, he brings back Riley Dixon into the fold in Denver. What's your thought on this move and, and where can Dixon really help the Broncos in this hidden yardage department in 2023? Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you this, watching him at practice, I'm excited about punting this year, which I hope Denver doesn't have to punt too much, right? And I think that's an ultimate compliment to a punter is that you hope you don't have to see your punter on the field too much. And that means that the Broncos offense, if that's the case, will be much better this upcoming season. For for like Riley Dixon, you could definitely tell. Like he's tall. He's taller than any punter I think that the Broncos have had in the last several years. He's also very athletic. I don't know if folks remember. I, I know that they're thinking of the Kansas City game on Thursday night football. Tom McMahon, the debacle on fourth down where he caught it and it was trying to run the left side, gets tackled. It's a turnover on downs inside your own field territory there, and you gave the Chiefs perfect position. But there was also a time, I believe it was against the Buffalo Bills, where he had like a 19-yard pass on like fourth and something long and capitalized on a fake there. So he does have the ability to throw the ball. He is an athletic punter. And I also think that there is something that the Broncos have there, especially with Sean Payton, who we all know loves to be creative. And now you team up, you know, you pair Riley Dixon with Ben Kodwika and the direction of Mike Westhoff. Sean Payton has trust in the special team side right now. He has trust in his coaches, which should benefit going into the season. Because I feel like last year with Dwayne Stukes, I, I like Dwayne Stukes. I always thought he gave a lot of great, honest answers and was very just upfront. And like, we appreciated that because last year we didn't get much honesty from what was going on with the team outside of Dwayne Stukes, which is why he was, you know, they kind of moved on from him a little bit there. But for the punting side of things, here's the here's the reality. Denver was far too inconsistent. I like Corliss Waverman. I think you and I both have talked about we like, you know, the, the traits that Corliss has. Corliss would have good games, and then you'd have punts where, you know, it was high, but, sh you know, it was short. The hang time wasn't as great. The return field wasn't as great. And when you look at the statistics, Denver special teams-wise last year in gross punting, they were ranked 17th in the NFL at 46.6 yards per punt. You look at net punting average, 41.5, so 13th. Not too bad, right? You're you know, talking top 15, but the theme is consistency. Can Riley Dixon be that this upcoming season? As so far at, at Broncos mandatory minicamp, OTAs, the thing I like about him, he does have a leg to him. And obviously, altitude certainly helps, but more so, I think that there's more accuracy on his punt placement. I mean, there were times where I was watching it. And look, Andrew Mason is the guy to follow during training camp as well when it comes to punting because he times and he – tracks all the hang times and the distance. But Riley Dixon, his accuracy in terms of placing a punt toward the sideline, bouncing, and then it going out at maybe the three-yard line or inside the five or inside the 10, it was very consistent from what I observed, which we didn't have too much of that during observation last year under Corliss Waitman, under what was going on in the competition between him and veteran Sam Martin. So Riley Dixon, I think, can be a game changer. The question is, is can he bring the consistency we've seen in mandatory minicamp and OTAs can he bring that into training camp? And he's going to get a lot of run in the preseason, which is good for the Broncos. And it's good for Riley Dixon to maybe get a preview of maybe what you might get during the regular season. And like you mentioned, Cody, he can really boom it. I mean, he averaged 48.4 yards per punt last season, which was the best in his NFL career thus far. And like you said, you don't necessarily want to see these guys out there too much. But for Riley Dixon to go out there and have some success 
in that way is great to see only four touchbacks as well. So not a ton of punts inside the 2019, which is the lowest of his career thus far. And the percentage on that was at 26.8% inside the 20. So it, it, and that there's deeper stories to be told there, right? It, it's not necessarily just, oh, well, this guy sucks at getting it inside the 20. It's where is he punting the ball from? I mean, if he's constantly punting from their side of the field, that matters in this overall equation. And as we know, the LA Rams really struggled to move the ball this past season. So he's having to kick it a much further distance as well as that can affect your net punting, right? Because if you're having to kick it further because you're buried deep into your own territory, then the opponent has a better chance of returning punts, which affects your net average, which obviously those are the main stats that punters have other than punts getting blocked. So that really is, is the main thing there. And I think to see him booming the ball, averaging over 48 yards per punt last season, is big for him coming back to Denver. We know that he's going to be able to kick well in the mile high air. He's now a veteran of the game. And so he's going to be able to do a little bit more in terms of, I mean, and he's got great coaches around him as well. So Mike Westhoff, Ben Kotswika, they're going to really help him just kind of fine tune his game. And I think it could be a big season for him. Hidden yardage. Again, we bring it up and it's not just, you know, he's completed three passes as an NFL punter as a, you know, hitting those fake punts, he's done a good job with that, but it's not just about bringing him in to do those kinds of things. And he can run as well, by the way, he can, he could throw it and he can run. Like you said, he's a good athlete. So it's going to be fascinating to see what he brings to the table this season in terms of consistency, like you mentioned, because that's the one area the Broncos have really not been good other than one year from Sam Martin, uh, a couple of years back, Cody in 2021. I just feel like the Broncos uh, ironically, it seems like consistently every other punter that comes into Denver is really good. They're, they they just are crushing the ball like a batter at a home run derby. But for some reason, the Broncos can't find a guy who can consistently crush the ball. And you would think that would be the easiest thing because they're punting in the mile high air every single week. But it's almost like a mental thing. These other visiting punters come in and they're like, oh, I get to go kick in thin air and it's going to absolutely... And and they crush it. They just and it's it happens every single game. So hopefully Sean Payton and this coaching staff can help Riley Dixon figure out how to make that an advantage for the Broncos instead of for teams playing against the Broncos. One special staff for Broncos fans to keep an eye on. Last year when Riley Dixon punted against the Denver Broncos, he didn't punt at all. He had zero punts on the day. They kept him off the field, and he congratulated Baker Mayfield on that because Baker Mayfield lit up the Broncos in a game that I think all of us outside, you know, if you're a Broncos fan, that was a game you want to forget forever outside of, you know, Super Bowl 48. We don't talk about that, though, here. Lockdown Broncos. Can Riley Dixon help the Broncos be more consistent in the punting department? That is the hope. But the next question we're going to throw out on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, can Elliot Fry be the guy? You'll get that discussion and much more on today's episode of the show. Real quick, make sure you go head on over and check out the Locked On NFL podcast. Local experts on the biggest stories every single day with all the offseason drama that's going on around the National Football League. The Locked On NFL podcast has you covered every step of the way. You can watch it on YouTube or you can get it free and available wherever you get your podcast. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Can Elliot Fry be the guy for the Denver Broncos in the kicking department this upcoming season? After eight years of Brandon McManus, the Broncos are moving on to a new player at a, at a position in which they've needed maybe a little bit of a revamp 
in the last couple of years. We talked about consistency in the punting department in our last segment of the show, but consistency in the kicking game, specifically field goals, specifically extra points, that's also been an area where the Broncos have not been consistent enough in the past few seasons, which prompted them to move on from Brandon McManus. Broncos country, thank you once again for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day, every single day. And shout out to all the everydayers out there in Broncos country. We appreciate you so much. You make the show exactly what it is. But Sarah, let's go deeper into the kicking game here for the Broncos. Elliot Fry right now appears to be the guy going into training camp. They're not planning on signing any of the tryout players that they had in during mandatory minicamp, which was veteran Randy Bullock. It could change. You know, once you get closer to camp, there could be some personnel moves made. There's always a possibility Denver looks to maybe bring somebody else in to compete with Elliot Fry during training camp, but it remains to be seen at this point. More importantly, I think that the question I want to throw to you, and obviously if you're listening or watching this podcast, Broncos Country, make sure you chime in, share your thoughts. Can Fry be the consistent element that Brandon McManus wasn't going for, despite not having a lot of NFL regular season experience? Do we think that it hurts him or do we think that it maybe helps him? Well, I think it kind of helps him a little bit, right? I mean, change and inconsistency has really been the story of his professional football career, hasn't it? Aren't the Broncos his 14th professional team that he's been part of or, you know, drafted by or whatever? So he's been around the block and he has some NFL action, obviously got some with the Cincinnati Bengals, with the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's done some work in the NFL and he was the all time leading scorer at South Carolina before the other tryout guy came in uh, and and beat him out. Parker White, I believe it was Parker White stayed that extra year at South Carolina, beat him out there in terms of being the all time leading scorer. So he's shown consistency before it was just at the college level. Right. And I know that college kickers are kind of the joke, but if you can show consistency in college, you really stand out because that's that's kind of the one that's the running joke about college football kickers is that they all stink for the most part so if you can find a way to not you're going to get recognized and so I think for Elliot Fry Cody it's really going to be day-to-day consistency and Sean Payton almost like put an added amount of pressure on his shoulders by saying like you know we have this situation in New Orleans or Dallas I can't remember where he was referencing but essentially we brought in two kickers to compete at the end of training camp, at the end of preseason, we didn't pick either of those guys. It was somebody from another roster that we chose. And so for Elliot Fry, it's kind of like you're coming in, you get this great opportunity, but at the same time, that's right there in the back of your mind to say you're not competing against just the guys that we're bringing in like Randy Bullock for a tryout. You're competing against every other kicker that's on another NFL roster that if we see this guy's better than you, we're going to dump you for him because I mean, that would be easier for them to do. Right. So it's really for Elliot Fry going to be the consistency, extra points, making sure you're doing your job on kickoffs, all of these different things. And really that's something that obviously he's, I don't know that he's necessarily had a tough time doing it, but he's had a tough time latching on with any team in the NFL so far. Well, I think that's the question too. And and here, I think we're at this point now so far of seeing these moves that the Broncos have made. I feel like Broncos fans trust what Sean Payton is doing, what Sean Payton wants for the team. And so if Sean Payton sees something in Elliott Fry, and look, it's a fluid thing. It's always ongoing. You're always constantly trying to evaluate, is this guy going to be what we want? And I think for Broncos fans, you look at Elliott Fry's history, 
no experience really in a regular season game kicking from 50 plus, which we all know. Hey, if you're going to be a kicker for the Broncos, you need to be able to nail 50 to 59 yard field goals. It, you know, rare they'll ever ask you to kick 60 plus unless you're Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, but aside from that, it's just consistency from 20 to 29, more specifically consistency from 30 to 39. And can you be effective from 40 to 49? Really, that's it. Where, you know, Elliot Fry does have a sample size in that department. Can you be consistent with your extra points? And on top of that, can you nail the 50 to 59 yard field goals from time to time? And, you know, it's going to be ongoing. We don't know what the plan is here, but Sean Payton, as you mentioned, I feel like is pretty good at evaluating where the team is at. I think. Mike Westhoff, I think for what he's been able to do to revolutionize the special team side of the ball in the NFL, speaks for itself a little bit. So I have trust right now in what they have going on. I think Broncos fans should have trust in that as well. But you look at it. I mean, last year, Denver, from a field goal standpoint, in terms of making field goals, they were ranked 28th in the NFL last year in field goal percentage. That's far too inconsistent. I mean, there were times last year where Brandon McManus would miss one from 38. And, you know, of course, he'd hold himself accountable and kind of joke on Twitter, like, how did I miss that from 38 yards? You appreciate that at times. But at the end of the day, it wasn't getting the job done. And how many times have we you know, seen collectively the Broncos lose a game last year and be in a one-possession game? Maybe a field goal, maybe two field goals in a game make a difference for maybe those outcomes. And maybe a couple of those losses turn into wins. And I think ultimately when we talk about punting, when we talk about maybe the return game, when we talk about kicking, Sarah, if the Broncos are better in the special teams department this season, drastically better than what they were last year, you can maybe make an argument. Special teams might be a two to three win difference this upcoming season than what they had last year. And I think ultimately if the offense plays better, Denver's in a good position this upcoming season. But there's so many elements and wrinkles that tie into maybe the execution side. What happens, you know, if you're going to go try to kick a field goal in a game, it gets blocked. Obviously, is that on the kicker? Is that on blocking? I mean, these things happen here that impact the outcome of a game. But if Denver is more disciplined, if they are better on special teams, Sarah, I think it could swing two to three wins in their favor this upcoming season. And Broncos country, we want to hear from you. What do you think about the topic of discussion we've had today regarding kicking, regarding rookies playing on special teams, regarding the punting department. Let us know your thoughts on the Broncos special teams, what you would like to see them do a little bit better this upcoming season. If you're watching on YouTube, drop it in the comments down below. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts, you can always tweet us at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked on Broncos. Broncos country, that'll wrap up today's episode of the show. For all you everydayers out there, tomorrow's episode, Locked on Broncos, We'll discuss three things that we believe Sean Payton's will make a tremendous difference with, with his coaching style, with his leadership qualities, and how it could ultimately impact the Broncos and put them on a track they haven't been in quite some time. You'll get that and much more on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.